that's so much, I think, a core of all those myths. Why are they a myth? Because it's conditioning. It's a cultural conditioning, a story that we've been told. This is the way that you do X, Y, Z. And so by busting the myths, our intention was to say, if you're not able to pull this off, guess what? It's not you. This is an unrealistic myth or it's a misleading myth or it's just an outdated one that it's time for us to reimagine. I'm Sonia Statman and you're listening to Women in the Business Arena. Over the last 20 years, I've had the honor of working with thousands of women in business. During that time, I have been obsessed with finding a new way to operate business. One that eliminates hustle, supports ease, aligns with our values, and gives us a sustainable pathway to change the world. This podcast shares with you some of the lessons I've learned along the way. The conversations we have here are intimate, honest, and enlightening. It's like hanging out with friends who also happen to be pretty amazing business owners. Here we challenge what the world says business has to be to trailblaze a path of our own. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Women in the Business Arena. And this is so exciting because we are actually going live. So if you give me a minute, I got to set up some things. I'm going to let Laura do the talking. Laura, tell us like what you've experienced or what you've taken away from this season. Well, I'm just excited to be here. First of all, can we commemorate that this is our first live podcast? So I'm excited and let me all note that I'm excited because I'm the one talking here to all of you while Sonia is the one that has to figure out all the tech. <laughs> I'm glad that that's not my role today. But I'm really yes. excited, right, that we get to do it a little differently. Usually um, we're hopping on and we're seeing one another and we're doing this conversation in order to launch it, you know, much maybe a week later or so. But now we're yes. doing it in real time. So I'm excited yes, about that. <laughs> Me too. So this is a whole new experience. We're dealing with tech, which I cannot say that tech is like my absolute favorite thing. I've had to do it a lot in the, you know, in the last 20 years, but, you know, we'll see how we go. So we're super excited, though, to be bringing this podcast live. It's actually the first time Laura and I have ever done this. And, you know, this is our 213th episode. Can you believe that, Laura? 213. Yes, hats off to us. That is exciting. And I remember the beginning when we just had this idea. Wouldn't it be neat to get on and talk about these challenges that women face in business and just how much you and I came together around our shared desire to have the feminine approach to business And so here we are, 213 episodes later. So I think that means that other people are interested in this topic as well, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Yeah, I think they are too. I mean, you know, I think podcasting is one of those things that's just exploded over the last few years. And definitely like when I had the idea to do this, I think it was almost like five years ago, I was like, Laura, 
let's just get on and have some conversations, right? Like we had no plans. We had no idea how to edit. We literally were just, you know, playing around, coming up with things we're really passionate about, things we've experienced for women in business, you know, things that we've seen. Um, and we really showed up to almost every single conversation with zero plan. It was like, hey, what do you want to talk about today? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not a script. We've never shown up. And, and honestly, that's how you got me to say yes to podcasting um, is that I need a place to show up unscripted and have these conversations. I don't need something else to add to my to-do list. I'm so grateful to you because really Sonia has been the one that's created the space for us to do this. It's always been the one that's driving the technology and the platform. It's been a real delight for me to get to show up and have these conversations. And in the very beginning, it was our way of connecting because you were still living in Australia and it was our weekly conversations, catching up and being a support to one another as we were raising kids and building businesses and trying to keep ourselves um, well. Definitely. And, you know, we are live on both LinkedIn and Facebook. So be sure if you want to ask us questions, if you want to comment, just be sure to do that in the chat. And we're, you know, here to answer any questions. We've also got a few questions that have been queued that people have asked us about, and we thought we would start with answering those. You know, we wanted this opportunity to be able to really connect with our listeners, to hear what you have to say, to address some of the, you know, questions and ideas that you have. Um, and so, you know, one of the questions we got, Laura, is what is your favorite topic to talk about? Are you going to go first or you want me? <laughs> <laughs> I could go first. Sure. I could absolutely go first. It's a big question. So, yeah. I mean, look, I love every topic we talk about, to be honest. In fact, I don't think I'd bring a topic to, you know, this podcast if I didn't love to talk about it. That's one of the great things I think that it's been in terms of Laura and I doing this podcast. This was not, you know, to get a bunch of listeners. This was not to, you know, try to do what's popular. Like we really created this podcast to do what we care about, what we're passionate about. You know, we want to serve women. And that's really some of the topics we've created. But I definitely think I love talking about the internal stuff. It's one of the reasons why I pulled Laura into this podcast with me because I like talking about the psychology of business. I like talking about our internal struggles, you know, because I think, you know, as much as I still like to talk about sales and marketing and business and all of those things, what I have seen makes the real difference in our experience in business is how we have navigated the internal stuff. Have we embodied our worth? Have we found our confidence? Have we really understood who we are as a person? And have we filtered that with alignment into our business? When we do that, that has the most exponential results, far better than any marketing you could ever, ever do. And so I think, you know, that's really important. Yes, we really share that passion, the inner, the conversation, the inner reflections. And, you know, my topic sort of just off the top then are definitely mental health, talking about the importance of our mental health um, as just human beings, but specifically within the business space with founders and entrepreneurs. And um, so that's another topic I love. It's just business and women in business and the unique challenges that we face. Um, also social change, you know, and just like what we are able to create when we are aligned, when we are self-actualizing through our business development, then I believe that makes us more powerful, you know, forces for change in the world. And I think that that piece is what really um, brings me to the mic 
every week with you, Sonia, is that it's we never know what's actually going to come out of our mouths, but we know that we're passionate about all of these intersections. And it's not talked about enough. I'm always in a room. I want to be in the room where there's sort of the courage to say that the things that aren't being said. And I think that um, that's what I get to do in a lot of areas and where I'm where I find myself in my work and in my career. And I've always looked for the people that will speak honestly. And, you know, we, we talk about our motherhood journeys a lot in this podcast. And so I will say, I, I love talking about motherhood, but I think that like my experience of being really vulnerable in front of other women began there, like being able to be really vulnerable around other women was when I didn't know what I was doing as a new mom. And so that kind of went into all of my other conversations that I wanted to have in business and in these areas where I feel like women can typically kind of tiptoe around topics or sort of put the spin and like, oh, it's all good. But my first group of when I went seeking support with other moms, I was looking around the room like, who is crying right now? Who's crying? <laughs> who is not holding it together? Who looks like they haven't slept? Who, who has Cheerios and stains on their shirt? Those are going to be the people I talk to. So I think I've always looked to have conversations and really honest topics to get really under, you know, behind the, the curtain, if you will, and, and talk honestly about what we're all feeling. Because I find that that brings us together because more often than not, we're having very similar experiences. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so some of the other questions we got were actually around podcasting, which I, I think a lot of people are curious about podcasting. And so, you know, they wanted to ask us things like, you know, how do you always come up with new topics? I, lo I love that question because I think a lot of people get nervous and they think, oh, if I do have a podcast, how will I come up with something new every week or, you know, whatever your schedule is, how do you constantly come up with new topics? And, you know, I really like the way Laura and I have done it in the past. Now for this season, this was actually the first season I planned the season out. So this was like the first time that's ever happened. 200 and, you know, whatever, one episodes prior, Laura and I would just show up and be like, how are you feeling today? What, what's happened this week? What do you, what do you want to talk about? And we just let it move us, right? Would you, would you agree with that, Laura? Yes, absolutely. And we would just show up to the call. And that's hopefully what was the way that it came across to our listeners. It was very authentic because we would tackle what was up for us. Like, what are we struggling with? It's not a question of, I wonder what other women are doing. I wonder what the business world is up to. You know, it was just, what are we challenged with this week? Or what are we celebrating or doing really well? And I always felt that we could bring our whole selves to the conversation. And then that was what was interesting. Sometimes we were like, oh, we have a general topic. But then through the conversation, a theme would emerge and like a title for the podcast would emerge. Like it was often, you know, it came from the conversation, not trying to pick the topic or the title that, you know, that, that would make then guide that conversation. We just didn't do it that way. Yeah. Look, and I think you can do it either way depending on what your strengths are. So if your strengths is really like planning and a visionary, then you could, you know, definitely plan them out. But I do recommend like what Laura was saying is that when you do have a podcast that you 
let it flow that you don't try to plan too much or have too many canned questions because there is something magical about the natural flow of a conversation. I think that's what we have been successful with. I think that's what people really like is there is a very natural flow to our conversation because even for our planned episodes, we only have a theme. We really have no idea where that thing is going to go or what's going to unfold. And that makes it really magical, I think. I love that you said that the art of conversation, it's something really special when you just let the conversation flow and you're having dialogue. And I think what, you know, is really special about our connection is that we have been friends for such a long time. And so there was already this, you know, background or connection or history between us. And we were able to utilize that to, um, we just can drop in with each other and be vulnerable and be raw very easily. All right. And the next question was, should I start a podcast? Where does it fit into my business? Who should and shouldn't do a podcast? So I'll answer some of this and then I would love to hear Laura's perspective as well. Really, I think you should start a podcast if it feels right to you, if it feels exciting to you. One of the things that I've always said about the marketing tools that you decide to use, because there is no you know one marketing tool that you have to use. You do something that really is fun for you, right? If you don't enjoy it, it becomes this really like struggle to get to, right? For instance, I don't really like lives. (laughs) And so if I'm really honest, like all today I was feeling quite anxious. You know, this is why I chose to do a podcast. I'm an introvert. I really, you know, love to do things in like tiny little surroundings, you know, like (laughs) our little studio with Laura or my little, you know, group of my clients. Like I really enjoy kind of enclosed spaces. So, you know, it it is really about picking what works for you. And I think podcasting works really well for introverts, really well for people who have expertise and something to share, really well for people who just want to really share their wisdom. And, you know, it's one way to do it. What I would say is that a lot of people have it wrong where a podcast fits into your business because it is not the best lead generator. Everyone thinks that, you know, it, have a podcast and people will find you, but there is like, what, 2 million podcasts and more. And you will not be found on, you know, any of the podcast apps. You will not be known. So really, you have to do a ton of marketing and a ton of like getting your name out, a ton of lead generation to get people to listen listen to your podcast. So it's not really a quick lead generator. And I think a lot of people um, think that it will be. It's a really good sales converter. It's a good sales tool, right? Because people get to know you. They get to understand what you're about. They get to feel whether they trust you or not. And so in your sort of business model, it works really well to use it as a part of your sales conversion. So that's kind of my two cents. And so should you or shouldn't you podcast? Well, it really depends on who you are, what you have to say, and if it's something that feels really exciting to you. How about you, Laura? What would you say? How would you answer that question? I would second that for sure. I definitely move away the, from the, you know, I must do this because everyone else is doing it. It's like, this is a um, medium that works for some people. And so really just getting clear what works for you. How do you want to share your voice? How do you want to contribute? That's how I like to think of it. You know, for me, podcasting has been such a great way of thinking through my own perceptions and thoughts about these topics that we talk about every week. It's, it's given me a chance to 
further those conversations by having them with you and then hearing back from listeners. So I've really appreciated that piece of having expression and, and having it in a way that is mutual and like gives back. Now, writing is something I also love to do, but I don't find sometimes that I can write like as quickly. I can't always jump in and, and express exactly what I want to say when I'm writing. I'll spend a lot more time filtering. <laughs> but when I'm able to speak on a podcast, I feel that it can be more spontaneous and more authentic and it's quicker than the time that I will take to, to write things. But I don't think you have to be in all places, like writing a book, having a podcast, busy on YouTube. So you could be creating content on YouTube. You could be podcasting. You can be doing the books. And I find that some people feel like they need to be in all those places. But I agree, like pick a place that feels natural. Somebody once said, like, what's something that you can just you know, do just somebody gives you 40 minutes to talk about. I'm just like, oh yeah, I can just talk about business and mental health for 40 minutes unscripted. And that's kind of what we do all the time. And so does that work for you? Or do you find that you second guess yourself or that sometimes you're not comfortable um, articulating? Maybe you're more of a, like a verbal processor, but not a verbal, um, able to express it right then and there. So maybe you like to write it, to process it and then speak it. I think it's important to, to pay attention. I also want to say, take off the rose-colored glasses because podcasts, like everything you do in your business, is a lot of work. It still is an investment. It's an investment of time and it's an investment of money. And so be mindful that it's not just getting behind a mic talking and that's it. Like you've got all the, the prep work, the marketing, the engineering, editing, which luckily, see, I don't do that part um, because... I've partnered with a very special person right here, Sonia, that knows a lot of those pieces, but be, be mindful of how you're showing up to that project and be realistic with yourself about the, the scope of it. Yeah, great advice. And it is not cheap to run a podcast. Like a lot of people think I just need a microphone, I can just do it. But between the software and the editing and the marketing and all the pieces, it does, it costs either a lot of money to have someone else do it, or it costs money to do it yourself, right? So I think, you know, that is all really relevant. So great question. Okay, a couple other questions. So we did a myth, it was myth number eight. Um, that you have to be on social media to succeed in business. So, you know, I get a lot of questions from people asking, really, do you really not have to be on social media? I mean, hey, we're doing it live right now on social media, the whole podcast. So, you know, I think this is this question that gets asked a lot. You know, I know that people say you don't have to be on social media to succeed, but is that really possible? And, you know, it is. And that was a really great episode. So if you missed it, you know, definitely check it out. Um, but, you know, what I've learned is that it is about picking which tool you want. And social media is just one tool. Podcasting is another tool, right? Um, you know, reaching out in emails, that's another tool, right? Going to networking event, that's another tool. So there's a million tools off of social media, maybe not a million, okay, maybe like hundreds though, realistically. So, you know, we don't have to get stuck and pigeonholed into one way to operate our business. And what would you say to that, Laura? Yeah, I agree. I think that's a very daunting idea for someone to say, oh, 
I could go off of social media and still actually have a viable business because so much of the messaging is, is that all you need to do is have a landing page, like just get on social and then you'll have this business, right? So there's a lot of focus on building your presence, building your brand and sharing your content and sharing your services through social media. So when somebody set hears that they could do it without social media, there's a lot of disbelief. But I think that it's just because we misunderstand, you know, the usage. Social media is such a such a brand builder, but not a converter, you know, for most people. It's not. It can be for some, but social media is like, how do you tell your story? And how do you get yourself out there in ways that maybe people then get to your web page? And that's actually where they decide to work with you, right? Or they get that consulting call with you or something. So I have found in my own experience that social media, and it's honestly, this, this belief that I'm going to tell you right now that has changed for me in the last year has changed everything about social media. And I've had a lot of people tell me they've noticed my social media presence. And I'll tell you the, my secret. Secret is that I did realize that I do not need to use social media for client generation. I don't need to use it at all, but I definitely don't need it to get new clients. I actually use it to make new connections and friends and grow my network of like-minded people. So for the last year, I've just been on Twitter and Instagram mostly and LinkedIn, just finding other people that talk about founder mental health and other organizations that support founders and mental health. And I've been having a lot more fun in my social media as like a growing my friendship, growing my connections to people and meeting people that I wouldn't normally come into contact with. So that has been changed everything. And that means I don't have to have social media for my business. My business does fine. I'm doing it for my own interests and to meet people in my field, in my industry that have similar projects going on. So that's been a game changer for me to just change how I use social media. I love that. That's such a good use of that tool, right? You know, and again, everything is a tool. I mean, you wouldn't use a hammer when you need a screwdriver, right? Like, you know, it is about how we use the tool. And I also agree that social media is a much better connection platform. It is good for branding. Branding does not directly lead to sales. Some branding never leads to sales, you know, but it's not the best sales tool. And I think a lot of people have that disconnection. They don't get that. They don't get that that it is not a sales tool. It does not allow for direct sales in the same way that many other things do. I mean, even email lists and, and building your email list and having people you regularly connect with um, through email is much more effective than social media. So, you know, I think these are all things that we just have to understand so that we can use the tool in a way that works for us, right? This is, you know, I've been talking a lot lately about context and it's something that I teach a lot about in Worthy Women Collective because, you know, so many people are enrolled in business programs or work with coaches who just tell them what to do. Go do 
more lives, go do more social media. And nobody has any context of how that's relevant for them, who it works for, who it doesn't work for, right? We're just kind of given a bunch of cookie cutter approaches and we're like, hey, go do it, you know, have fun. This is going to make your business succeed. And then when it doesn't, guess what happens? And this is something I'm super passionate about. We start thinking, maybe it's us. Maybe it's that we're a failure. Maybe it's that something's wrong with us. If what this person has told us to do isn't working, it's got to be us, right? Because they said it works. When really what's missing so often is context. Why is something relevant? And how does it work so that you know how to use the tool that's in front of you? And, you know, you can use it effectively for yourself, right? Based on your personality and your industry and what makes sense to you, what stage of your business you're in. All those pieces of context matter. Oh, I'm so glad that you pointed that out because I see that a lot as well is this personalizing, you know, when you're personalizing that problem, when you're not succeeding, then you think it has to do with you, but you might be using a platform that's just not conducive to your work, to your industry, to your personality, or you could, yeah, just be like trying to do all the things and you're diluting being able to be good at just a few of those things that really work for your business. So really like that context is so important. And so maybe before you say, what's wrong with me? Be like, what context was I told that that would work, you know? And is this really a match? Exactly. And, you know, and that kind of brings me to one of the things we were going to talk about, which is Laura and I want to share what what has been the most listened to episodes this season. But I also want to talk about what, what has been one of the least listened to episodes this season, which I find very interesting. And that was our very first myth, which was about how our worth is connected to our success or failure right? And I find that one wasn't listened to as much, but I think it's like the underpinning of every single myth that we talked about. Because if you look at everything, why we do things, why we struggle in business, the underpinning of that is oftentimes our feelings of unworthiness. And so, you know, I think that's really interesting too. What do you, what's your take on that, Laura? That why are, why did more people not download and listen to that episode? Yes. It's really interesting. I'm going to just like put myself in their shoes for a moment and know that what I do when I see podcast episodes that I probably should be listening to, but I am afraid to actually listen because I'm like, oh, there, there it is. Right. So sometimes when I'm looking at a podcast and it names something that I know that I'm doing, like, oh, I have actually been blending my business identity with my own sense of self-worth. Part of me is very intrigued. Oh, yeah, I want to listen to that. And part of me is like, I think I'll just stay um, I'll stay blind here. I'll stay in the dark, you know? So there may be that even that topic does ring a bell for many people. It like touches something inside of them that's, that's accurate. And then it's hard to want to look at that because it can feel impossible to unblend. And that's what I call it in my, with my clients a lot. And in therapy, I use an IFS model, which is internal family systems. And there's certain, certain parts that can b- become blended with self or can be blended with other parts. And so we often talk about like how that their sense of themselves is blended with their founder part, which is often usually a managing, you know, a part that's all about managing impressions and about, you know, taking care of business. And it can be really challenging because when that part is so blended with self-identity, 
and it feels like it's messed up, right? It's just done a bad, it was a bad manager day or it dropped the ball or something, you know, happened and the investors are unhappy or your product or services have dropped. Then it's really difficult for there not to be that personalizing this like, oh, I am not very good. I'm not worth this. If the business is doing poorly, that means that I'm somehow less valuable. It's a very common situation with entrepreneurs because we put just so much on the line and we put so much of our heart and soul out there. But it's good to recognize that as we unblend those parts, as we have more and more self-awareness that, oh, that's just a part of me, my ability to run my business or be an entrepreneur is an identity I have, but it's not changing like the core me, the human being me is much more complex than that one aspect of myself. And so being able to kind of pull that in the context, if you will, like, okay, let me pull this, pull these parts, separate, separate them and be able to, to give myself the recognition. I'm still an amazing person. I'm still a value. I'm still worth all of the things that other human beings are worth, even when my business is struggling even when I've had a, a failure. Exactly. And I think when we disconnect our worth, right, our identity from our business and, and more like uh, the results of our business, when we disconnect it from the results of our business, then, you know, it changes the way we look at things. So, you know, if we don't get, you know, a bunch of sales today, you know, then we know that that isn't connected to our worth. That just means we need to maybe shift what we're doing. We need to maybe make a tweak. We need to to maybe do something else, right? It's And it doesn't stop us from, you know, our motivation and our momentum. It doesn't stop us from taking the next step because we're not making it personal. We're not making it, and I don't love that word, you know, not making it personal because, you know, business is personal and I hate when people say it isn't. But it's, it's not making it about our worth or it's not meaning anything. Thing. And that's such an important thing. And I think people do that with social media too. They look at, oh, I don't have any followers. That must mean I'm not interesting. That must mean no one wants to listen to what I have to say. Or they can do that with a podcast. Oh, I don't have enough downloads. Look at this person who has this many downloads. It must mean I'm not as interesting. It must mean something's wrong with me, right? We, we basically internalize all of these statistics and compare ourselves and we make that about our worth. But there's so many variables that happen in business, which is why, again, context is so important because, yeah, there's so many of these variables that shift and change things, right? The market and the industry and timing and, you know, whether people are ready to accept what you have to offer, right? I mean, Laura and I have definitely always been like ahead of the game, right? Like how many times we trailblaze something that didn't get popular for five years or longer where we're like, come on, this is the thing. But it took the industry or the marketplace a long time to catch on. You know, that happened with our co-working space, right? And I think, you know, this is a really important thing to recognize is that context and variables are all pieces we need to look at. They're pieces of data, but they're not connected to our worth. One of the questions that someone asked was, do, do you and Laura do any other events together? So I thought this was a good time to share about Backstage Pass. So, so I have a group called Worthy Women Collective, and 
In that, we have a bunch of live events, and Laura and I do an event in the Worthy Women Collective called Worthy Thinking, and it's an awesome event. And Laura and I get the chance to interact with people through Zoom. We get a chance to, you know, do some spotlight connection with different people based on their questions, what they're struggling with. We really get to address how do we shift some of our unworthy thinking into worthy thinking. And it's a really fun event. And so what we've decided to do is I'm having a live event, like a six-hour event. You can register, you can attend live, or you can get the replays, or you can get a private podcast, which is very exciting. But in that, one of those hours, Laura and I are going to be doing worthy thinking. The event is free. And so if that's something you're interested in, you can go to sonyastatman.com backslash backstage pass. So that's just one thing you can do if you want to kind of actually interact with Laura and I in an event and not just on the podcast. What, what's been your experience so far with Worthy Thinking, Laura? Oh, it's actually become one of the highlights of my month. I love that event because we really go straight to the heart of things. You know, often there's like you have your themes, you have kind of an ongoing conversation and that has been happening in the group. And then we do a deep dive and we're really looking at the psychological aspects. Like, let's really understand the psychology behind this. Why is it that, that we might feel this way in our work and life? What is it that we can shift? What type of mindset what might we want to cultivate? What type of um, somatic interventions? You know, we talk a lot about the somatic tools that I use in therapy to increase somatic intelligence. And that's something that I feel like entrepreneurs are leaving so much on the table when they don't understand the intelligence of their bodies, because your mind is only one source of your intelligence. And so that's what's fun for me in those conversations is that we really get to bring in the somatic psychology and in, in real time, figure out how can the listeners apply those techniques in their daily life, like right here and now to start seeing improvements in how they're approaching themselves and approaching their business. That's right. And we get to unpack things for my clients, which is fantastic and fun. And so this event, the Backstage Pass, and specifically the piece about worthy thinking, it's just a chance and opportunity for you to experience, you know, how Laura and I work together and experience what happens when we start to really shift our thinking. And of course, with Laura and I, it's not just our thinking, right? It's our sensations. It's our feelings. It's really about embodying our worth. Um, and that's such an important piece in our business. So I thought that would be a good opportunity to share. We may have to retitle it Worthy yeah. Thinking and Sensing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, like my clients and I talk a lot about this because, you know, thinking is really, you know, what I think a lot of people phrase it, right? When they're kind of thinking about it, they talk about, you know, their thinking or their mindset or, you know, you know, how our, our behaviors are, what's happening in our brain, you know, and so we do unpack that, but it is very connected to the body mind. And so, you know, when we can start to shift our body mind, that shifts a lot of things. Yeah, I love it. So I'm looking forward to the, to going backstage um, with bringing everybody on the the, the, the past to kind of sneak behind and actually your whole event. I'm excited to check out, um, different, different parts of it. Um, enjoy it myself and not just the one hour. 
<laughs> yeah. And just for anybody who's interested, it's really kind of a peek into some of the things that we talk about in Worthy Thinking, I mean, in Worthy Women Collective. But it is a taste of some of the events. It is, you know, some insight. I'm doing a keynote, a motivational keynote around focus, because focus is so important. And the private podcast attached to the event actually already has a bunch of loaded pre-event episodes. So if you really like this podcast, you're going to love that one. And then it will have the replays and some bonus material as well. So it's fun. Okay, so drum roll. I wanted to share what the most listened to episodes of the season were. And I think this is just really so interesting. I mean, given that me and Laura are all about the psychology, it's really interesting to see what, you know, have people been most interested in. So, so far, the number one myth, you know, listened to this season is you should have multiple streams of income to build wealth, <laughs> which is so interesting because it's also like one of our later myths, right? Like it hasn't even had that many weeks to kind of, you know, be downloaded. And yet it's the most downloaded. Why do you think that is, Laura? I can actually see people breathing a sigh of relief when they read that most likely, right? And they're like, tell me why that is a myth because everyone's telling me to do it. Everyone's telling me to have multiple streams of income and I'm exhausted I'm overwhelmed, I'm spun out, but I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to have these multiple streams that makes me a successful entrepreneur. So I'm imagining that people felt some relief and curiosity when they saw that myth come out. Those are my thoughts. And, and so I think that we kind of helped um, validate because those people were probably feeling like this wasn't working for them, but they needed to know that it was, it's okay. It's actually okay. And you can be really successful with focusing, focusing, focusing and, and niching yeah. and doing all of those things that for maybe years they've been told, Oh, like you can't go that small. You can't go that focused. You've got to keep the multiple. Cause what if something, and what if that I'm like, well, that's sounds motivated by fear and I'm not about that. So <laughs> Yes, yes, I agree. I think I think we're exhausted, right? Like in general, most women in business are exhausted. We're exhausted from this year. We're exhausted from COVID. We're exhausted from juggling our kids and everything else. Like I think there's a lot of exhaustion happening right now. And I think the idea that we can do less is really appealing. And so, you know, a lot of that podcast was actually about focus and, you know, how is how powerful it is to really focus our attention and energy and to really go all in on something. Like, I know that that is the case for me as well. When I go all in on something, I, you know, I always have only one offer, right? I never have multiple offers. Even in my one business, I don't have like multiple things I'm offering because the more I focus on one thing, the more creative I can be, the more results I get, the more, you know, effort is going and being channeled into one thing. I, I often see it kind of like a, like a bucket or like a, a faucet, you know, you got a pipe and all that water is going in. Think about how much water comes out the end of the pipe when there's no holes in the pipe. But every time you're focused on another offer, another thing, another sales technique, another stuff, another da 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 you're poking all these holes in your pipe and the water just goes everywhere. But there's not a lot of like real results that comes from that kind of thinking. Yeah, exactly. And we are, we, so many of us are just exhausted. I mean, I think that's the bottom line. And that focus is so 
good to hear that it can be done like that. And I think even just multitasking, I'm watching myself and all my you know, friends and, and women are known to just do all of the multitasking. We're trying to do it all. So it's like we do that with our entire life. We're, we're getting our kids ready and doing all the things for them and for school. And we've got our business and we have our partner's needs and we have all of these different things that we're managing and that we're trying to keep all these balls up in the air. And then you're going to add multiple streams of income over here. It's like, who the hell has time for those multiple streams? And like, that's just, it's like shutting me down. And it's like you said, the focus makes you get, makes you creative. It helps you get more curious. And, and that's exciting for me that women can start giving themselves permission to say no to all the things and trust that they could go all in on the thing that makes them most excited. You know what? If that high end, high level coaching service is what you want to offer, but you feel like you have to have this level and this level and re- and oh, this gosh. one and it, you know, and you're yes. just exhausted creating all of those different bells and whistles. I want to give you permission right now that you can let those go and you can focus on the thing that brings you joy. And that's always exciting to follow. I love that. I think that's really good. So that was the most listened to myth this season. The second most listened to myth was you don't have to be on social media to succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Again, relief. Yay. Like that's relief again, right? Like I think, you know, what we're really looking at is people are looking for relief. I mean, so many people have talked about this episode too, where they're like, you know, I, I believe I have to be on social media. I believe that I have to be focused on social media. And, you know, really you don't have to. And, you know, it's really interesting to navigate that. And I had two really great people on the panel who both are practicing actively like I am as well, the mission to get off social media and to be able to really focus on other methods of marketing and lead generation that are more effective and more enjoyable, especially if you don't like social media. If you like social media, awesome, use it. But if you don't like being on it or exhausted by it, you know, or having to constantly pump out content, you don't have to. And that's that permission, right? We need more permission to do what creates joy in our business instead of always thinking we have to trudge through doing all these things that everyone tells us we have to do. Yeah, absolutely. And just a reminder that what we talked about too on that podcast is that, or that what you and I've talked about in other podcasts, whenever we talk about social media, do what you love and let that change. Because, you know, for me, there was a time I loved Instagram and I was all about it. And I just was like in there and doing all the editing. And I was like, oh, I just love all the photography piece, you know, and writing the caption. And I just really enjoyed it. It felt like a creative outlet. Then it became laborsome. It became a burden. I was like, I don't have time. I don't really want to deal with, you know, oh, and then it's how it lays out on my Instagram feed. And it just it felt too much. And I noticed, and it wasn't conscious, but I just kind of stopped using it because I was tired. (laughs) And then I just noticed all of a sudden I'm over on Twitter. And like right now, if you want to hang with me, like go follow me on Twitter because you know what? And I, I used to totally detest Twitter because I was like, Oh, I don't need to hear like everybody's comments and thoughts, you know, but now I'm like, Oh, this is the easiest way for me to share something. I just thought about that. Oh yeah. Done. 
If you want to hear one it, sentence. Great. <laughs> I was like, and they won't even let me go on. So sorry. And I'm not one of those multiple thread peeps. It's like, whatever, <laughs> whatever I got to say, I've got to say it in a few characters that I'm allowed. And there's something about like that. See there, I'm just realizing it. It's a container. Twitter is a container for me. Like I can only do so much and it needs to be within a certain container. If you give me all the characters and multiple photos and, oh, you could do a reel and you could do a story and just, no, I'm tired. I'm already tired. And I just picked up my phone. <laughs> oh, which is so funny. And you, this just gets into so much of what we talk about in Women in the Business Arena, which is that, you know, it is about figuring out who you are and what works best for you and then picking the tools that align with that. You know, for you, it's Twitter. For me, I need to write a lot. <laughs> like, like, I love so Instagram because I can have, I know, I can do 2,200 characters. Like in LinkedIn, I still like, but I have to cut it down to 1,200 and I hate that. Like, like it's always <laughs> a struggle to cut down my copy. And so, you know, I, I, I laugh at myself because I, if you don't like long copy, you're probably going to hate me because <laughs> everything I do is long copy. I can't send a short email. It has to be a long email. Like everything I do is, has to have context, you know? So, so it really is about figuring out what works for you, what aligns for you and what tools are going to serve your natural self. I'm a context person. It doesn't feel complete for me to share a sentence. Like I have to share why that sentence is important and what that sentence actually means. <laughs> I've got to break it down. <laughs> That's why a podcast works really well, too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I love that. And I love reading your long post. And then I'm like, oh, look at that. And then my Instagram is like, blah, 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 blah. two sentences, you know. But I appreciate and we all have to know, like, what is it that works for us? And this is true with everything, everything in our business. You know, we, we can't let comparison. I've heard this said, not let comparison steal our joy. If we start comparing, trying to be what everybody else is doing. Oh, they're on Twitter. Oh, they're on Instagram. Oh, they're on LinkedIn. Oh, everybody is XYZ. Fill in the blank of the most latest trend. Everybody's on Clubhouse, whatever the thing is. Like if you start worrying about that, that's going to be exhausting and you will not have a sustainable approach to your business. You getting clear about where do I get excited? Where am I curious? Where am I motivated? And where do I show up? And for some people, that means no social media. That's not where you show up. That's just not your fertile ground. That's not where you want to be. So where is it? You know, these other places, building relationships in your community or some kind of networking or some other type of platform, right? That's true to you and what you need and what your business needs. I know plenty of therapists that relate to websites and picking, uh, you know, getting on social media and everyone was like, I can't believe those therapists are not online. I'm like, well, honey, they're making six figures. I mean, they're fine. Yep. <laughs> like, because yep. they've established their expertise and their clientele and their business does not rely on a social media generation, like telling their story constantly on social. So being able to really um, return to yourself, right? And that's so much, I think, a core of all those myths. Why are they a myth? Because it's a conditioning. It's a cultural conditioning, a story that we've been told. This is the way that you do X, Y, Z. And so by busting the myths, our intention was to say, 
if you're not able to pull this off, guess what? It's not you. This is an unrealistic myth or it's a misleading myth or it's just an outdated one that it's time for us to reimagine. Yes, that's a really great summary of this season, I think. And we need to kind of wrap up, but what I wanted to do, in, at least in that in the last section of this podcast, was really talk about and tease the, the sort of theme or topic for next season. Now, we're going to take a break. So we really never did this prior to this last, you know, sort of season. But we're going to take a break. We're going to be launching a new season October 5th think that's right let me make sure something along those lines October 5th on the Tuesday we'll start a new season and the next season is going to be based on something I talk about a lot which is growth is a removal process so for those of you who are looking for relief and want to know what you can remove from your life and business this is going to be the season for you. Every episode, we're going to talk about how you can grow your business by doing less, by removing things, by letting things go, by, you know, basically streamlining and being more of who you are and less of what doesn't matter. Mm, what do you think about I that? I took it. I actually noticed my breath. I took a nice inhale and long exhale when you said that it's like really a nice belly breath because I love hearing that there are things that we can simplify that we can remove less is more and I think we know that in so many ways but we're still afraid to let go of those extra things and we're also because we're so connected to what everybody else is doing that we need a collective push and that's why you have your you know, your work that you do with your groups, you have a collective, you know, that ha- moves through these processes together. I offer groups as well. So it's like, so, and then the podcast is like, we're all learning together because yeah. we need to know this truth and hear it in the company of others so that we can be each other's accountability and we can push back against this cultural conditioning that says we've got to just keep going and going and going. Like the hustle culture is so not working for anyone. And I have more founders coming into my practice that are that are just struggling because they don't see anyone around them that's doing it any differently. And so I love that this next season is all about not like, how are we going to grow by more and adding on and doing all the things? It's like, how are we going to grow by bringing it in, slowing it down, taking things off the plate, getting more clear is really good. Yeah, I think it'll be awesome. So stay tuned. Obviously, if you missed any of this, you know, season's myths, so there's 11 myths that we did. If you missed any of the season's myths, definitely check it out because, you know, each one of them has a really, you know, important nugget in there about ways we can give ourselves permission to grow our business in a different way, right, to be who we are. Um, and really all the myths we covered this season, they're really rooted in data. Like they're they're not just something that we did on a whim. Like we really looked at 
at things that we have both seen in our businesses that I have worked with tons of my clients on these specific topics. So they're data-driven busting of myths, right? They're not just like, hey, let's just do this because I have an opinion, right? They're really rooted in data. And I think that's a very important piece. So if you missed any, be sure to check it out. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us live. And... We'll see you next season. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to our show and for helping us have a truly amazing season. We're wrapping the season up, but we'll be back October 5th with a whole new theme. And if you want to check out the free event I mentioned that includes the Worthy Thinking event with Laura, head to sonyastatman.com backslash backstage pass. If you love this podcast, you're going to love this event. So have a wonderful month and we'll see you soon.